Hello, and you're very welcome. This is episode six of this series of poems for the speed of life on beginnings. Today's poem is Dawn at St. Patrick's by Derek Mahan. First, three notes on the text. In the first stanza, the statue weeps like Niobe. Niobe is a character from Greek mythology who appears in Homer's Iliad and whose twelve children are killed by Apollo and Artemis. In the third stanza, there's a reference to Swift's home for fools and mad. St. Patrick's Hospital in Dublin, the setting for this poem, and the home of St. Patrick's Mental Health Services, formerly an asylum, came into existence in the 1750s as part of the legacy of Jonathan Swift, the Dean of St. Patrick's Cathedral and the great satirist and author of Gulliver's Travels. Three years before his death, Swift himself had been declared of unsound mind and memory. Swift had, earlier in his career, also been a governor of Bedlam Asylum in London, where he saw up close how the mentally ill suffered both in their daily lives and in how they were treated. And in the fifth stanza, there's a reference to They don't lock the razors here as in Bowditch Hall, a reference to a poem by the American poet Robert Lowell, who spent time at Bowditch Hall at McLean Hospital near Boston. Waking in the Blue, one of Lowell's poems about his experiences there, ends with the line, We are all old-timers, each of us holds a locked razor, a reference to the patient's fraught existence there, on the edge of life. And now, on with today's poem. Dawn at St. Patrick's by Derek Mann. There is an old statue in the courtyard that weeps like Niobe, its sorrow in stone. The griefs of the ages she has made her own. Her eyes are rain-washed but not hard. Her body is covered in mould, the garden overgrown. One by one the first lights come on, those that haven't been on all night. Christmas, the harshly festive, has come and gone. No snow, but the rain pours down in the first hour before dawn, before daylight. Swift's home for fools and mad has become the administrative block. Much there has remained unchanged for many a long year. Stairs, chairs, Georgian windows shafting light and dust of the satirist. But the real hospital is a cheerful modern extension at the back, hung with restful reproductions of Duffy, Clay and Brack. Television, Russian fiction, snooker with the staff, a snifter of Lucasade, a paragraph of Newsweek or the Daily Mail, are my daily routine during the festive season. They don't lock the razors here as in Bowditch Hall. We have remained upright, though, to be frank, the Christmas dinner scene with grown men in their festive gear was a sobering sight. I watched the last planes of the year go past, silently climbing a cloud-lit sky. Earthbound, soon I'll be taking a train to Cork, 
and trying to get back to work at my sea-lit fort-view desk in the turf-smoky dusk. Meanwhile, next door, a visiting priest intones to a fateful dormitory. I sit on my Protestant bed, a make-believe existentialist, and stare at the clouds of unknowing. We style, as best we may, our private destiny, or so it seems to me as I chew my thumb and try to figure out what brought me to my present state. An educated man, a man of consequence, no bum, but one who has hardly grasped what life is about, if anything. My children, far away, don't know where I am today. In a Dublin asylum, with a paper whistle and a mince pie, my bits and pieces making a home from home. I pray to the rain clouds that they never come where their lost father lies, that their mother thrives, and that I may measure up to them before I die. Soon a new year will be here demanding, as before, modest proposals, resolute resolutions, a new leaf, new leaves. This is the story of my life, the story of all lives everywhere. Mad fools, whatever we are, in here or out there. Light and sane, I shall walk down to the train, into that world whose sanity we know, like swift, to be a fiction and a show. The clouds part, the rain ceases, the sun casts now upon everyone its ancient shadow. Dawn at St. Patrick's by Derek Mann There is an old statue in the courtyard that weeps like Niobe, its sorrow in stone. The griefs of the ages she has made her own. Her eyes are rain-washed but not hard. Her body is covered in mould, the garden overgrown. One by one the first lights come on, those that haven't been on all night. Christmas, the harshly festive, has come and gone. No snow, but the rain pours down in the first hour before dawn, before daylight. Swift's home for the fools and mad has become the administrative block. Much there has remained unchanged for many a long year. Stairs, chairs, Georgian windows shafting light and dust of the satirist but the real hospital is a cheerful modern extension at the back, hung with restful reproductions of Dufy, Clay and Brack. Television, Russian fiction, snooker with the staff, a snifter of Lucasade, a paragraph of Newsweek or the Daily Mail, are my daily routine during the festive season. They don't lock the razors here as in Bowditch Hall. We have remained upright, though... To be frank, the Christmas dinner scene, with grown men in their festive gear, was a sobering sight. I watched the last planes of the year go past, silently climbing a cloud-lit sky. Earthbound, soon I'll be taking a train to Cork and trying to get back to work at my sea-lit fort-view desk in the turf-smoky dusk. Meanwhile, next door, a visiting priest, intones to a faithful dormitory. 
I sit on my Protestant bed, a make-believe existentialist, and stare at the clouds of unknowing. We style, as best we may, our private destiny. Or so it seems to me as I chew my thumb and try to figure out what brought me to my present state. An educated man, a man of consequence, no bum, but one who has hardly grasped what life is about, if anything. My children, far away, don't know where I am today, in a Dublin asylum, with a paper whistle and a mince pie, my bits and pieces making a home from home. I pray to the rain clouds that they never come where their lost father lies, that their mother thrives, and that I may measure up to them before I die. Soon a new year will be here demanding as before, modest proposals, resolute resolutions, a new leaf, new leaves. This is the story of my life, the story of all lives everywhere, mad fools whatever we are, in here or out there. Light and sane, I shall walk down to the train, into that world whose sanity we know like swift to be a fiction and a show. The clouds part, the rain ceases, the sun casts now upon everyone its ancient shadow. Derek Mahan was an Irish poet who died in 2020 at the age of 78. I have read and talked about two other poems by Mahan earlier in this podcast. You can find Everything is Going to Be Alright in episode 120 and The Mayo Tao in episode 88. He is fast becoming one of my favourite poets, not least because I recognise in his words deep truths about challenges I myself have felt and faced. Indeed, as he says towards the end of this poem, this is the story of my life, the story of all lives everywhere, mad fools, whatever we are, in here or out there. So these challenges, they might differ in their specifics and in their details. I have never spent time in St. Patrick's, never played snooker with the staff of a mental institution but they are all-encompassing in their universality. Who among us has not felt something of what Derek Mahan feels here so deeply that he was driven to capture it in poem? As you might get throughout this series about beginnings, a new beginning is only clean and hopeful in the imagination. In reality, new beginnings are hard work. They only become worth it or even glorious when we are lucky to be able to look back on it with the benefit of whatever hindsight has given us. As Mahan writes in this poem, the rain pours down in the first hour before dawn, before daylight. On the face of it, he's describing one early morning around Christmas in a hospital in Dublin, Ireland but he might as well be describing all new beginnings, where rain pours down in the first hour before dawn, where the light is only given meaning by the darkness that precedes it. 
he also talks about the pressure of new beginnings. In the lines, soon a new year will be here demanding, as before, modest proposals, resolute resolutions, a new leaf, new leaves. This endless cycle of beginnings and ends and beginnings and ends. And is there a more powerful or more challenging new beginning than the new beginning that comes after mental health challenges? At a personal development conference I attended a few years ago, I heard Tim's story say, it's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. It's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. Sadly, for too many people, it is a breakdown, and a breakthrough might never come. But equally, it does seem to be possible, necessary even, to go through something that might be described from someone on the outside looking in as a breakdown before you can break through to whatever lies beyond. Ryan Holiday, the Stoic writer, has a book called The Obstacle is the Way. Is there a bigger obstacle than a severe mental health challenge? One that puts you in a hospital, wondering, as Derek Mahan does here, as I chew my tongue and try to figure out what brought me to my present state. I don't know the full account of this breakdown, breakthrough paradigm, but I do know that when you're in it, when you're in the middle of it, that grasping onto the possibility of a breakthrough might be the very definition of sanity, even if the world's sanity might be a fiction and a show. There are so many beautifully constructed phrases and images in this poem. Looking at planes in the sky, he considers his own trajectory. He writes, earthbound, soon I'll be taking a train to Cork and trying to get back to work at my sea-lit Fort View desk in the turf's smoky dusk. He is earthbound. He will be trying to get back to work. There's something for all of us in these lines. Later he considers his children, who don't know where he is today. He has not told them where he is or what is happening. Whether this is willfully or by circumstance, we don't know, but we can suspect. He says, I pray to the rain clouds that they never come where their lost father lies, that their mother thrives, and that I may measure up to them before I die. This innate, maybe impossible wish that we have for our own lives, that we will somehow measure up in the eyes of those close to us, those we care most about, those whose opinions and views and perspectives we care most about. And what is painfully the case, even when we do measure up, we might not see it, or we might not believe it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Poems for the Speed of Life. This was an episode in my series on beginnings, which started in episode 201 with How Dark the Beginning by Maggie Smith. 
Thank you for being here. I look forward to welcoming you again in future episodes of Poems for the Speed of Life. And one quick pointer to the direction of the Substack, where you can sign up to receive an email when the poems go live, when the podcasts go live. And you can also join the community there at poemsforthespeedoflife.substack.com. Shane here, signing off. I'll see you next time on Poems for the Speed of Life.